Hello and welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series from 8.30am to 9am to help small businesses. Hopefully we'll get through as many questions as we can today, so if you do have any, please pop them in the comments box below or use the hashtag QBATE on Twitter. If you need any more advice after this and you haven't already done so, please join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. I'm delighted to join you again today. This is my um, sixth Ask the Expert. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Judith Dugdale and I'm a chartered accountant based in the northwest of England. I work for a firm called MHA More and Smalley and we're a large independent firm serving Cumbria, Lancashire, Merseyside, Greater Manchester and Nottingham. We do everything you would expect a large independent firm of accountants to do, be that your normal compliance work, such as annual accounts, corporate tax returns, we do audits, but we also have a big depth of specialist um, experts behind the scenes to help with specialist tax, inheritance tax planning, personal wealth control. We have independent financial advisors to advise on pensions and investments, outsource payroll team. And uniquely in our area, we have an in-house corporate finance team to help businesses grow, buy, sell and raise uh, large amounts of finance. I myself head up our digital solutions team. And that is a normal corporate services offering, apart from we only deal with clients who use cloud accounting software, such as QuickBooks Online. We've been a partner with Intuit for over six years now, and we are what we call an elite partner, one of only a few in the country. And we have two dedicated software experts within our team who just help clients use QuickBooks Online, train them on the benefits and the features within the software and help them link to other apps that are out there to make the most out of their system. The team also then advise ongoing with those clients. So we do the normal compliance work, but we offer growth advice, doing forecasts, cash flows, management information, and basically just being there to help businesses through those early years and when they get to the point that they really want to grow. As businesses start to want to grow, employees are always something that comes along and in a second I'm just going to talk a little bit about payroll before I start to answer any of your questions that you might have today. So in terms of the questions you might have today please feel free to ask me about QuickBooks Online software itself, about anything that is happening within your business at the moment in terms of the COVID-19 situation or indeed anything that I mentioned shortly on the payroll. So on Wednesday's Ask the Expert, Johan did briefly touch on payroll and talked a little bit about the QuickBooks Online solutions that are available, as well as the way that interacts with HMRC. I just wanted to go through that in a little bit more detail again today, and also talk about some of the benefits of operating a payroll scheme within your business. Main reason why people are fearful of operating a payroll scheme is the compliance side of things. There is an awful lot of information that you have to get right and you have to report in a timely manner. HMRC a few years ago brought in something called the RTI rules, which is real-time information. And basically what that meant is that as you pay your staff, you have to relay that information to HMRC immediately. HMRC then update their records both for your company and for the individual. 
QuickBooks Online Payroll, both their standard and their advanced versions, have that integration with HMRC. And unlike some of the basic tools that are available online for free, HMRC also talk back. So, for example, tax code notices that HMRC issue for your employees, HMRC will update QuickBooks Pay Online automatically for you for these so that you can always ensure that your staff are getting paid the right amount of money. Importantly as well, the software is very, very simple to use. We have set up the software for hundreds of our clients and we don't actually operate it for hardly any of them. It's so easy to use. The um, videos that you get online, very simple to follow. And once it's set up, unless you've got very, very complex payroll needs, it's literally a few clicks every month to get people paid. Over the last few months, we've taken on quite a few new clients and payroll is one of the things that we always talk to them about. And we've found that quite a lot of small businesses, micro businesses that are newly set up that haven't actually set up a payroll scheme yet. And that's often because they haven't taken on their first employee. But what they have forgotten is that they themselves could be an employee of a business. So here I'm talking about a limited company where you may be the director and the shareholder of that company. If that is the case, then assuming you have no other income, you don't have another employment, you don't have rental income, you will not be making use of your personal allowance. By setting up a payroll within your company, so you set up a pay-as-you-earn scheme with HMRC, takes a few minutes to do, very simple. Once you get that pay-as-you-earn scheme number, you can set up your online payroll system. And obviously I would recommend that you use one of the QuickBooks Online payroll schemes if you're already using QuickBooks Online. And once you set that up, you would then pay yourself £8,788 a year. Now, it doesn't sound like a great deal of money, and it indeed will not cover all your living expenses for a year. But the reason it's that amount is because if you put that through payroll as a director with no other income, you will not get any personal tax deducted from that and no national insurance. The company will also not pay employers' national insurance on this either. However, the cost is what we call a tax deductible expense for the company. So it reduces your profit and therefore reduces corporation tax. So effectively, by paying yourself £8,788 a year through your company, there are no tax implications whatsoever. I need to massively caveat that information to say that you really need to speak to an advisor, your accountant, or somebody else that you know um, with the financial acumen to just to double check that that is definitely the right course of action for you and your business. In that situation, any other money that you would want to take out of your business, you would take as a dividend or the company could loan you that money. Both the dividend and loans to you have tax implications for the company or yourself. So again, financial advice is needed. If anybody wants to ask me any questions about this afterwards or during the session, please do so. If you want to get in touch with me later, my email address is digitalsolutions at moreandsmorely.co.uk. The other thing I just wanted to touch on about payroll is something called IR35. Now, this was at the forefront of HMRC's um, sort of tasks that they were trying to um, tackle. Um, it's been put back a year for small businesses because of the COVID-19 situation, but it is going to be coming back into the forefront um, of their view from April next year. And put very, very simply, IR35 is where HMRC believe that subcontractors that you may be using within your business should actually be employees. 
just to give you an example of this, when you're a small business, you can't necessarily afford to take everybody on that you need to as an employee. So instead, you will subcontract some of your work to people to keep your costs down and to not get bogged down in, in running a payroll or having employee law issues. And this is absolutely fine. An example of this would be a builder who may need to bring in an electrician at times or a plumber or a bricklayer. So they will pay them for the hours that they work via an invoice and the individual then accounts for that through their business. That is absolutely not a problem. It becomes a problem when you um, grow a bit more and when you start to use those same people all the time. HMRC class a worker and a worker, they mean somebody that should be an employee, as somebody where you as the business owner dictate when they work, where they work, how they work. If you're telling them when they can't have holidays, if you're telling them they have to be on site at six o'clock in the morning, and importantly, if you're telling them that they can't send anybody else to do that work, and they predominantly only work for you, HMRC are going to deem that these people would be an employee. Now, you might wonder, what's the risk to me here? Well, if you're the business owner and HMRC do do an investigation and find out that some of the subcontractors that you've been using should have been classed as workers and put through your payroll, it's you as the employer or would-be employer that has to pay any missed tax. And straight away, there would be what we call employers and national insurance to pay over. So it's just very important that you keep an eye on all those contractors they're using and make sure that they really are a subcontractor, that you're just bringing them in now and again and make sure that they're doing work for other people. Again, if you've got any questions on that at all, please do not hesitate to contact me at digitalsolutions at moreandsmorely.co.uk. Uh, I'm now going to go and start answering some questions as they started to come through. Uh, as I said before, please feel free to ask whatever you can. And if I can't answer the, the question straight away, then I will certainly get in touch with you afterwards. Okay, so we've had our first message through, and this is from Mona on Instagram direct message. Mona says, hi, Judith. From the 1st of August, we will have to start paying pension and national insurance contributions again. If we are in the position where we may struggle to make that, is there any support out there? So, Mona, I think what you're referring to here is that from the 1st of August, um, as part of the furlough claim, you will no longer be able to claim back the pension and national insurance employer contributions. And you're, you're right with that. Um, this is part of the phased withdrawal of all the furlough um, support. Uh, and they're doing it, obviously, over a period of time. Unfortunately, um, there is no government support out there to help with those employer pension and uh, employer national insurance contributions. It is something that you're going to have to meet as your own business. However, if you haven't already taken a bounce back loan, you could apply for a bounce back loan and you could use the money that comes through from there to help fund those pension and national insurance contributions. You could uh, also speak to your bank about maybe a flexible overdraft um, to help with those payments. And it has just been released that there are some new funding being made available, um, which is going to be done through local um, economic partnerships. Um, across the country and the government have pledged £20 million of support which is going to be open to small and micro businesses and they'll be able to um, claim between £1,000 and £5,000 worth of grants um, towards the running of their business. Now it, it's fundamentally 
for financial advice, um, buying small bits of technology, uh, bits of equipment to help your business through the next few months. But if you do need to invest in things like that, you could use the grant for that, which then frees up some more cash within the business to pay towards the pension contributions and national insurance contributions. Got another message from Sarah. This is from Facebook Messenger. She says, good morning, Judith. I own a small cafe and we are participating in the Eat Out Help Out scheme. What do I need for HMRC to claim back as I only have a small till with just my own till roll as proof of, uh, as in what proof do I need for the claim? So we don't have all the detail on this yet, Sarah, which is a slightly frustrating, um, but the government and HMRC will work with small businesses to make it as easy as possible. So I would suggest that the eat out help out, obviously um, there's a 50% reduction on the customer's bill um, up to a maximum of £10, obviously excluding um, alcoholic drinks. Um, it's just on the food. So if you've got a till roll, I suspect um, you will put through the till the um, full price um, and then the customer is going to pay you half of it. Now, it might be then your till can do a 50% reduction so that everything bounces off at the end of the night, but you may have to almost put through like a small um, ticket for the 50% and then you can keep those together along with the till receipts or you could just put through your till the 50% um, that the customer is paying and then keep records of actually what the full bill would have been separately. I know it's a little bit of paperwork until we find out a bit more information about how the recording is going to be. Um, we won't know. I mean, a lot of small cafes and, and, and restaurants don't have the um, technology within the tills to be able to put in something like a 50% help out, eat out deduction. Um, so you're going to have to almost keep a bit of manual records maybe. Um, and then that's your backup. What I suspect will happen is that you go onto a government portal and you put through the details of what all your um, sales have been on those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays that qualify and then deduct what the customer has paid to leave what you're claiming back. And HMRC, I suspect, a bit like the furlough claims, will pay out on that basis. Um, and then you need to keep those records um, in the background should they wish to come and check. I've got a question from Martin um, in Instagram direct message. He says, hi, Judith. For QuickBooks Advanced Payroll, I can see references to location in the employee's details. Is this the same as a class? If not, can I assign an employee to a class? Uh, now, this is an area I've not actually used personally myself, but my understanding is that it's actually locations, not classes, that are within the advanced payroll. So I don't know whether you'll be aware, in, in QuickBooks Online, you can either um, use classes or you can use locations. Locations tend to typically be used for when an organisation has different um, branches or different divisions and they're classing those as a, as a separate location. And what you want to do for employees is almost assign Joe to working in the Blackburn office or um, Sarah working in the London office. And you can put those locations in the advanced payroll and it will then put them in the system. When it processes the journals into QuickBooks Online, it will make sure that their gross wage goes to the right location. As far as I'm aware, it doesn't do it for classes yet, but that is something I can certainly check out for you. Um, and if you wanted to message me 
at digitalsolutions@moreandsmorely.co.uk with this question again, um, then I will certainly look at that for you in the background. The other option, of course, as well, is to ring QuickBooks themselves. Um, their online help system is fantastic, and they have the obvious, they have the chat box now as well, so you can type in your question there, and somebody comes back to you straight away. Um, Katie Facebook Messenger has asked the question: With QuickBooks Online Advanced Payroll, are childcare vouchers catered for? Now, for me, childcare vouchers come under what we call a salary sacrifice scheme. So as long as you're talking about the vouchers which are deducted out of your um, gross wage, then that should be part of the advanced payroll because they do operate salary sacrifice schemes. If you're talking about um, an individual who gets um, the, the vouchers via the um, government support, that's, that's slightly differently. But if it's the vouchers you're talking about, that should be catered for underneath the salary sacrifice area of QuickBooks Online Advanced. Um, we've got another question um, here from Scott. This is a Twitter direct message. Scott says, hello, do you know what to do regarding the business interruption insurance and how I make a claim? So, Scott, everybody's business interruption insurance is completely different. Um, so I can't advise you on exactly what to do for yours. But the very first thing to do is to get out your policy, have a look at what your business interruption policy says. Um, there will be a number to ring. And your best, and, and, and importantly, I'd do this as soon as you can, is to ring them, discuss while your business has been impacted, and ask how you go about making a claim. What normally happens with business interruption claims is that you have to um, show what your previous income had been prior to whatever the business interruption is. And 100% certain you'll be talking about COVID-19. So you would look at how your business has been performing up to COVID-19. You also then have to show what you think it would have done had the business um, not been closed or hadn't been impacted by COVID-19. Then effectively your claim is the difference. Now, some insurance companies are being um, fantastic about this and they're saying, yes, you're covered and, and helping you out. Others are saying that COVID-19 isn't something that they will pay out. And this is why you really need to speak to your insurer first and find out what their process is because every insurance company is slightly different. Simon from Instagram, direct message. He says, morning, Judith. With MTD filings, are you still eligible to be fined by HMRC for late filings? Uh, it's an interesting question, this Simon, because actually when MTD was first brought in, um, they did what we call a soft landing. So for the first year, HMRC said that if people failed to register for MTD on time or they were late in filing their VAT returns because of technology issues, i.e. they couldn't get the MTD return to file correctly, um, they wouldn't do any fines or penalties. Now, we're past that first year. Um, so technically speaking, the soft landing has ended. And yes, they could fine you for a late VAT return. Caveat that with um, the way HMRC works in terms of VAT returns and late filing penalties is the first VAT return you ever file late, they will do what's called a surcharge. And this is where they say, we haven't received a VAT return. We expect your VAT due to be and they'll pick a figure, and that figure will be based on previously submitted VAT returns. You either pay that figure um, and submit your VAT return at a later date, or you submit your VAT return immediately 
and that surcharge figure is then changed to whatever you owe. If you can't submit your VAT return straight away and it's already late and they've sent you a surcharge, I advise you pay the surcharge straight away. And then once you do submit your VAT return, um, they will refund you the difference if there is any or ask you for the additional amount if that's what you owe. Um, the second time you file a VAT return late, penalties are automatic. Um, so I think irrelevant of the fact that it's on MTD, that will start coming through. Obviously, there are extenuating circumstances at the moment with lots of business being shut due to um, COVID-19. So it's always worth, if you do get a penalty through, write into HMRC, use your accountant, um, that they will have the right um, words to use, um, which hopefully may result in the penalty being dropped. Got a message for Amir from Facebook Messenger. Um, message says, morning, Judith. We are a small business that sells mobile entertainment like mini golf, and we're getting ready and excited to open again. During lockdown, we have been looking at optimising our processes and productivity. From your experience with working with small businesses like us, going back to work, do you have any tips? Um, yes. <laughs> um, Wide ranging, really. Um, I guess my first tip is to plan, plan and plan again. Make sure you know exactly when you're going to open, exactly what staff you're going to have working with you when you do open. Can you manage it yourselves um, while you get a grip of how many people are coming through and how busy it's going to be? With the COVID-19 restrictions, are you all in place in terms of signage? Do you have the relevant PPE available? Um, making sure all that is in place before you open the doors will be will really, really help. Um, in terms of productivity and um, optimising processes, make the most out of things like QuickBooks Online. So make sure they're constantly up to date. As the income starts coming through, make sure you're clearing those income off the bank transactions. Make sure you're raising your invoices timely. Make sure you're using, say, receipt capture within QuickBooks Online to get those supplier invoices in so that you can instantly see how much you owe to people at any given time. And that will help you keep on top of things and make um, decisions at the right time. Hayden from Facebook Messenger has messaged. He says, how do you feel about loyalty schemes to generate more income? We were looking at something like this for our coffee shop, whereby we stamp a customer's loyalty card for every coffee they buy, and then the one of those is for free. Um, these are really popular uh, and they have been for a number of years. I'm sure you've probably seen Starbucks do them and uh, Costa, but also lots of independent um, firms do them. And I've uh, got loyalty cards from my local clothes shop to uh, kids' shoe shops um, to um, friends' cafe um, for things like coffee. What they do is they, they do entice that loyalty back. Um, I think you've got to make it um, enough of a of an incentive so there's no point saying buy 25 coffees and you'll get one free it needs to be fairly regularly to keep keep them coming back um obviously other incentives that coffee shops use are things like bring your own mug um which obviously helps with recycling and, and, and all those green policies um, and also saves actually you a little bit of money on, on reusable cups so there's various different things but i yes i would recommend as long as you can build that in and you can still be profitable with those um, free cups of coffee, 
um, then it's definitely something that I would recommend businesses do to increase that that loyalty with their brand. Uh, I have another message for um, Sam, it's from Sanjeet on the Twitter direct message. He says, "Hello, how do I record a payment into the bank from HMRC for self-employment income support scheme?" So I'm presuming, um, Sanji, if you're on uh, watching this Asset Expert session, you're using QuickBooks Online. Um, now, I'm not sure whether you'll be using the self-employed version or whether you'll be using um, either the Essential Startup or Plus version, but effectively it's the same in all of those. The um, self-employment income support scheme has to be allocated to an income code. Um, so it is going to be taxable um, on your personal tax return. Um, because effectively, it's the government wanting to um, support you for the loss of income that you've had, and that income would have been taxable. So when it comes into the um, banking transaction scheme, you need to add it into an income um, code, and then it will form part of your profit and loss or income and expenditure report. If you make sure um, that you don't put any VAT, if you're VAT registered, don't put VAT on it, there's absolutely no VAT on it at all. Um, just make sure that it goes into um, the um, income side on your on your profit and loss account. Um, hopefully, that makes perfect sense to you. What you don't want to do is hide it somewhere like director's income or um, personal uh, proprietor's income. Make sure that it goes on that, that um, profit and loss account so that it will go, flow through to your personal tax return when it's needed. Um, Earlier on um, in this video, we did do a um, poll, which um, I'm sure quite a lot of you will have participated in. And we asked the question, how long did you wait to hire your first employee? Um, and I'd like to reveal the results to you. So the results are 14% um, of you clicked that straight away at setup, you started to employ people. 29% of you clicked on that you employed somebody within a year as set, set up. 29% employ somebody after a year of setting up their business and 29% of you are still working by yourself uh, and this echoes quite a lot of uh, my customer base an awful lot of you um, out there will set up a business to work for yourself and therefore you won't ever employ somebody else it's your business um, and you're going to be um, running that yourself maybe with a bit of help from a partner um, but it's really good to see that um, what 58% of you over a period of within um, two years um, have employed somebody, which shows that your business is growing. And that's excellent news for the economy. So coming up um, on Axe the Expert on Monday is the amazing Esther Stanhope. Um, so tune in from 8.30am to 9am on Monday to hear how Esther pivoted from coaching celebrities and top corporate stars around the world to coaching people online for public speaking on Zoom. If you've got any questions about confidence or how to do a pitch, please ask her questions during the session and she may well answer them live to you. Um, she's worked with some fantastic celebrities um, and she really does have some top tips. So I, for one, will definitely be tuning in on Monday to get some tips myself uh, and, and hopefully the rest of you will also join Esther at that time. 
said, um, I'm Judith Dugdale. Um, it's going to be very sunny over the next few days, hopefully. So I hope you all enjoy the sunshine. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And as I said earlier on in the session, if you've got any questions that you would like to put to me outside of, of this arena, then please email me at digitalsolutions at moreandsmallly.co.uk. Have a fantastic weekend and I hope you all keep safe.